Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hey, welcome to Equipped to Be. Everywhere I speak and everywhere I travel, parents are often asking me about curriculum, resources, online classes that they can trust, that they can trust will have information that is accurate, that is academically rigorous, that is fun, and children enjoy it. And that's why I'm so excited to be able to say that BJU Press Homeschool is partnering with equip to be to help supply you with your needs to be able to teach and train your children in the way they should go. They're a publisher of textbooks and video lessons designed specifically for homeschool families. They're committed to creating materials that deliver the educational base that is so foundational, it's solid, you can trust the information that's in it. They encourage joy in learning, and it's rooted in a solid biblical worldview. Like Proverbs 14, 6 says, knowledge is easy unto him that understands. And it's important that we teach our children to understand the world around them. Some of the best resources we could get is BJU Press Homeschool, So check it out over at ConnieAubers.com. I'll have a link to all of their products that you can find out more for your child. I'm excited to have Doris Swift in the studio today. She's an author, a speaker. She's also the founder of Fierce Calling Ministries, which has actually won awards for her podcast, Fierce Calling Ministries, the Fierce Calling Podcast. Doris is absolutely passionate about encouraging and equipping women to walk deeper in God's Word, to take action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect, and their use for their God-given gifts to impact the world for Christ. She is also a recent author of Surrender the Joy Stealers, Rediscover the Jesus Joy in You, which is a six-week Bible study based in John 15. Now listen, you're going to want to check it out. She is a dear woman, and as we talk throughout our podcast, you are absolutely going to just love the work that God has called her to do. She lives here in this great state of Florida like I do, and we met a few years ago. So welcome, Doris, to the program. Thank you, Connie. I am so glad to be here and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you know, it's fun. You had me on your podcast not long ago, Fierce Calling. And, you know, we tried to get you on earlier, but you have so much going on. There's been a lot going on, hasn't there? Yes, there has been a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) And so I know that's like the story of our lives. And the more years that you live, the more stories that you have. And Before I kind of dive in, tell my listeners like a little bit more about you other than the bio that we have and just a little bit more about Doris, your family, what you like to do, what led to your podcast. Sure. Well, I am such a proud and happy gammy 
is what my six grandkids call me. So I love to go to their games and support and encourage and cheer them on because I think that's so important. And they do the same for me, which is so sweet. And I've been married to my husband, Brian. We're going for 39 years in August. And so I, you know, that's just an adventure of, you know, having two kids and then both of my kids are grown and married and have their kids. And I love to just hang out with family. I have a big Italian family, <laughs> so it can get kind of loud and fun. <laughs> <laughs> but my husband and I love to travel to historic places and visit places like Savannah and Charleston and those type places. And really, most of the things that I love to do besides reading and writing and those kind of things is spending time with my family and having a cup of fancy caramel coffee with whipped cream. I love that too. (laughs) Oh, that's delicious. You know, we met, I want to say three or so years ago at a conference in Dallas. I think it was Dallas or Houston. We were both beginning our podcast endeavors. I think that was a That's right, isn't it? About the same time we kind of started off in the podcast world? Yeah, I think so. Because I started late 2019. It was right before the pandemic. Okay. Yes, you're before me. I love that you have uh, six amazing grandchildren. What a blessing. I just tell you what, it is everything that they, the proverbial they, say that it is. I only have two. Not that it's only, but I have two. And I just love it. I just... I love, I think I have more time to Mm -hmm. delight in the little people that they are because I'm not actually having to parent and raise them. (laughs) So it's so amazing to be able to be a part of their lives in that type of a, a role, you know, being their grandma. It's just so special. And to see our kids parent is super cool. Isn't it, Connie? It's so fun. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, you know, it's kind of fun. What's not kind of fun is like making sure you stay in your place. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, you know, when you wait for them to ask you, like, how do I do something? That has been a learning thing for me. I don't, you know, I want to be a good grandma and support them. So, Doris, let me ask you, what led you? You've always been passionate about the Lord and walking with the Lord and just the importance of that. But what led you to starting this podcast, starting a ministry, not just a podcast, but an entire ministry called Fierce Calling? I really want to explore that a little bit with you. Yeah, sure. I have a heart to minister to women. I have a a background in lay counseling and then later on went to school for counseling. And I just am drawn to helping women to see their value and worth, no matter where they've been, what they've done, or what's been done to them. And I hear so many stories of women who feel they can't move forward because of something that's happened in their lives. And so my heart is to send the message that God has given that every woman of God has a fierce calling. And actually, fierce calling, the podcast itself, began Mm -hmm. as a book proposal. You know, I was writing this book proposal because it was my heart to tell stories of women who have taken action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. You know, that thing that just is like shut up in our bones and we cannot contain it. Things that we're very passionate about, things that we feel like we want to see 
a change happen and we want to be part of. Those are all the things that encompass a fierce calling. And so I wanted to write a book to share stories of women who have done just that, who have stepped out and started a ministry or perhaps became part of the ministry and are serving the Lord with the gifts that he has given them. And so when I was writing this book proposal, it just started coming for this message about podcasting. And I thought originally I was going to start maybe a radio show at my friend's radio station, like maybe Fierce Calling, you know, a little session that I, I have women on or just even talk about Fierce Calling. And some ladies that joined my Bible study, they said, well, we do a podcast and it's so cool because you can do it from anywhere. So the podcast became something where I could say, you know, if you want to know what the book's about, you can listen to the podcast because it's the concept of the book. Well, God did a a major change up there because actually the book that I wound up writing is a Bible study. It's not even called Fierce Calling and it was meant to be a podcast. So that's kind of how it came about. But I just want the message to go out to women you know, that they can be used by God, no matter what's happened in their life or what is currently happening in their circumstances right now, and that God can use them and that they have gifts and things to offer and the world needs their gifts and they can take action. And so I give examples and have all kinds of guests on that tell their stories because women might not have thought of, oh, I could maybe volunteer at a crisis pregnancy center, a faith-based one, or I could, you know, maybe get involved in helping women who have come out of human trafficking. You know, there's so many different ways we can use the gifts God's given us. And sometimes women just need uh, some help with moving forward in that. So I have a question then. As you said, you were a lay counselor and then you later became a counselor. And, you know, I'm often met with uh, moms that they're in the season, they're in the trenches of, uh, raising children and the idea of pursuing my calling or using my gifts can actually feel like they're not doing enough. Like being a mom, raising your children, investing your children. And I'm not talking about if you do work outside of the home or if you do do something else that that's somehow wrong. There's there's not a right or wrong here, but I I want to know what your thoughts are to those moms that feel like. I'm not doing enough. If I just pursued this, then that would like satisfy my heart and that would be fulfilling my calling because right now I'm just changing diapers or I'm just answering the same why question 15 times or I'm dealing with the moodiness of my middle schooler or I'm staying up till one in the morning listening to the struggles of my teenager. Mm. What do you say to those moms that they think that I'm missing it. I'm missing my calling. I'm I'm missing what I was born to do. Or what, what do you say to that, Doris? Yeah, that's a great question, Connie. And honestly, I had previously struggled with that too, thinking, am I missing my calling? But I want to encourage the mama who's listening right now that what you're doing right now, raising your children, that is an important calling that God has entrusted you with these children, regardless of how old they are, or young they are, you have been entrusted with instilling 
God's truth into their lives. And so that is an important calling. And we have different callings in different seasons of our life. We all have a big overarching calling, which is to know Jesus and to make him known and to share the gospel. And so that is what we are all called to do. And there's different ways that we do this. And it If we are sharing the gospel with our children, that is an important calling. So I would say a calling isn't meant to be intimidating or it isn't meant to discourage or cause us to fall into comparison because we oftentimes will do that. We'll look on social media or we'll hear about what's going on in someone else's life and we'll think, oh, I should be where they are by now or, you know, maybe I should be doing more of this or that. But I would just say, if we are abiding in the vine, if we're abiding in Christ and we are in connection with him and relationship with him, then we're not to worry about it because he tells us not to worry. And so when we do and we feel anxious, even about our callings, then we we can trust that God is not is not wanting us to be anxious. You know, he will show us he will open doors and we never know what is right around the corner. And sometimes that's a good thing. (laughs) We knew it was coming. We'd be like, oh, no, I can't do that. But God, you know, we never know adventures with God. You know, next week there might be something that happens in our life that totally changes the trajectory of our path. And But it's always the plans that he has for us and to trust in that. I like what you said when you said avoid comparison. You know, as I, Mm -hmm. a couple things you said I made note about, I often hear moms wrestle and struggle with contentment and where they are. They should be doing more, achieving more, especially the striver driver types. They want to Mm -hmm. do it all (laughs) and they want to do it all right now, or they should have had it all done by the end of the day. And I often say, Doris, that God doesn't have second best for you. And you mentioned about having seasons. Yeah, the Proverbs 31 woman, and and tell me if you agree with this, but, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman is not the day in the life. You know, we see on social media all the time, and that is, is, watch me all day on whatever day so you can see, like, what my life is really like. Well, I know we're all curious. We're all very curious as to how does somebody else live their life. And we forget that usually they only show us the parts they want us to see. They rarely, even as a social media influencer, I know that they rarely show you the good, the bad, the ugly. They show you the good, the sometimes could be better, but rarely do they Mm -hmm. show you the ugly. Yeah. For various reasons. And I often tell moms, you know, a Proverbs 31 woman is the story of a life lived. And you had said the overarching theme of our life should be to make Jesus known and to point people to the Lord. And so for all you mamas, I know a lot of you are in the seasons of raising little ones. I just want you to know that that is a season where you're not replaceable. And you don't want to be replaced in that role. Now, that doesn't mean other people can't take care of your children. It doesn't mean that. It just means that the mindset needs to be that if you're home and you're raising your children or you're homeschooling, that is a fierce calling. Just like you know your whole ministry, that is a fierce calling and one that we need to be very mindful and paying incredible attention to, especially in these days. But You talked about your book proposal and such and how you thought you were going down a path 
And as the Lord often does, Mm -hmm. he says, I want you to take a right (laughs) turn here. And no, you thought it was going to be this, but I have something else planned. And so that's something else for you was your house was going to be utterly obliterated by Hurricane Ian. And you didn't see that coming. We both live in Central Florida. Nobody saw that coming. You know, I just live not far from you. Our house didn't have damage. We had a lot of damage. But you lost everything. I mean, you lost, well, some knickknacks and trinkets you were able to save. But your whole house was just destroyed by Hurricane Ian. Can we spend a few minutes talking about the trials and about how you face those interruptions in life? Here, you're going to write a book and life's going pretty good until, until that happens. Sure. How did you, because I I knew you, we talked a lot during that season and you had a very positive, upbeat I would say, healthy attitude towards it all. You were way more cheerful than I would have been. Um, whether I was getting a new house or not, I, I'd have been seeing just the months and months. Talk talk to us about facing trials and struggles, whatever they are, whether your home is leveled by a tornado or a hurricane or a divorce or wayward children. How do you navigate mm. challenges and trials of that magnitude? Yes. Thank you, Connie. And Connie, I'll have to say you were such a blessing because you would periodically check in with me to see how things were going. And I really, really appreciated that so much. And it's true. There are so many things, like you had said, interruption. There's so many things that can happen in our lives that we just don't see coming. So an important thing to think about is to be sure of our foundation before those kind of things happen. We need to have a solid, solid foundation in Christ and a solid foundation in faith, because when things happen like this, it kind of hits you out of nowhere. Like we had no idea that we were going to get flooded. The hurricane was kind of hooking around the other side of the state and going to come across to us. And we've had that happen so many times living in Florida, you know, for all of these years. And we have had flooding on our street and those kind of things, but we've never had water come in the house. There were several times that we had contemplated moving. We even went and looked around, you know, different homes, but we always wound up staying in our home. And, you know, we've been in our home for over 30 years and we've never had to deal with this before. So it was, first of all, quite a shock. And you just don't realize the magnitude Water is amazing. Water is beautiful. Water is something that we need. We, you know, we we talk about the living water, you know, from the Lord, but water can be so destructive. And as you said, Connie, there's other things that can also cause destruction, maybe tornado or, you know, a fire or other things in our lives that happen. So it was very exhausting, I would have to say. And Piling all of our earthly belongings that were from like the floor to like four feet up had to go to the trash pile in front of our houses. And it wasn't just us. It was not only our community. It was beyond our community. And we see how things happen, though, how God begins to use those things in our lives and how that whole you know concept in Scripture in Romans 8, 28, that he does work all things together for good. It was a good opportunity for neighbors to come together 
and help each other in the aftermath. I was talking to a neighbor just yesterday. You know, we were talking about how different things could even trigger the event, you know, the things that happened. And, you know, as my friend Danielle has said before, that we can go through a traumatic event. We can all, as a neighborhood or as a community, go through a traumatic event. But trauma is very personal to each one of us. So it affected each one of us differently. And people would ask, well, what about your faith? You know, did you question why did God let this happen and all of that? But honestly, Connie, I really never thought about why did God let this happen? I just thought this happened, you know, and so what do we do? You know, how do we trust God in getting through it? And it wasn't easy at all, but I would say it strengthened my faith because all along the way I would find reminders, even in the rubble, when I was peeling these photographs of our history of our lives, you know, peeling them, they were stuck together by the water and all of that. I would find different scripture verses kind of laying in the all the the massive stuff that we had to throw away. And, you know, here and there, I'd find that or I'd find an encouraging book because I lost a lot of books, but different messages that I knew that were from God saying, you know, I'm right here with you and you're going to get through this and I'm going to use it for good, for my glory and for your good. And so that's kind of what I stood on. And it was, it was funny because I was writing the Bible study as this was happening. So it, it got, into the Bible study. It's, you know, it was like kind of at the tail end of finishing the manuscript. So, you know, just when we think, oh, we have all these different joy stealers, you know, another one comes along and these things threaten to steal our joy. But honestly, our source of joy is Jesus. So our joy really cannot be stolen. So that's kind of where we were. We're still, even still (laughs) finishing up different things around the house. And we never thought that would happen. And here we are, hurricane season again. But, <laughs> it does you know, put fear and trembling fear? in us. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, what? So <laughs> let me ask you this. I love that you talked about, you kind of great segue into the book that you've just released. It's available, everybody, but tell us the name of your devotional. And then let's talk about Joy Stealer, shall we? Yes, sure. Thank you. Yes. The name of the book is Surrender the Joy Stealers rediscover the Jesus joy in you. This is kind of something that came out of the Fierce Calling book proposal. It was a story I told about a woman's event that I spoke at, I believe it was back in 2014, I want to say. And I was speaking on joy and I asked the women to write down on these little slips of paper what threatened to steal their joy that day. It was all anonymous. They didn't put their names. It was just a tiny slip of paper. And so they wrote down, and I didn't know how many women, you know, when people say, oh, what is she going to have a student out? Oh, no, we're going to switch, switch tables, you know, all these different activities that sometimes, you know, the speaker makes us do. So I asked them to write these things down. And I didn't know how many women would participate. But Connie, about the whole, whole entire room, I would say participated in this because they, they were ready to write down these things. Because oftentimes, when there's something that's feeling like a heavy burden on our chest that we're living through. We want to write it down and it kind of makes it as if, you know, we're writing it down that someone really cares. And so I had them come up front and put these little slips of paper in a box up front as a surrender. Like they would actually leave their chair, bring up their little slips of paper, drop them in the box as an act of surrender to God, that they were going to surrender these things that threaten to steal their joy. And then they would take up a white carnation as kind of a symbolism 
that I'm going to accept and receive the joy that Jesus has given me. And I'm going to surrender this all to God and because he's in control. So that's what we did. And that's kind of where the book stems from. And so what the study does is it's rooted in John 15, because we're talking about how we need to abide in the vine and Jesus is the true vine and we're the branches. And, and we go through all that part of the chapter. And then in John 15, 11, it says, I tell you these things that my joy would be in you, that your joy would be full. And so the six sessions takes us on a journey. So the, the week one, we're going to be revealing what threatens to steal our joy. And through the power of prayer and the truth of scripture, we begin this journey and we identify the joy stealers because the first step in identifying and actually surrendering the joy stealers is to reveal them. And that in a way revokes their power over us. And I kind of tell a story in the study about I was in banking for 29 years and I talk about a bank robbery and how I equated that, you know, when you are a bank employee and your bank is robbed, you have to write a description sheet out, you know, for the police so they can identify who it was before it could be caught and dealt with. So so that's what we're doing week one. And then week two, we're going to respond by surrendering these things to God because it's key. And then we're going to receive in week three, the joy that Jesus already gave us. And we want to receive with joy, our calling and our purpose. And then we're going to go into week four, which is renew because we want to be healthy disciples who make healthy disciples. And we want to talk about how God bears much fruit in and through us and what that's all about. And then we go to week five, which is rest because we all need that down to our soul, deep kind of rest, not just like take a nap on the couch in the middle of the day, which we like to do at times. And that's great. But we need more, more than just that. We need rest for our souls. And then week six is reach because we want to be missional with our gifts. And, you know, we talk about what is all this fruit bearing about. And so it's, it's help women kind of surrender what threatens to steal their joy. It doesn't mean their circumstances are going to be gone, although God can do that. Uh, it, it might mean that we're still living in a circumstance we would not choose, but it doesn't mean that it has to hinder what God is calling us to do in serving him and serving others and, and being honoring to him. You know, when we when I just listened to you, I was writing some notes down. And listeners, I hope you were writing some notes down as well. One thing for sure that struck me is all of these surrendering, renewing our mind, giving it over to the Lord, revoking the things that steal our joy, it doesn't make it go away. I mean, mm-hmm. in light of your home, let's just use that as an example. Mm-hmm. It didn't make your home miraculously not flooded. Right. You you still had to go through the tedious process mm-hmm. of remodeling yeah. and clearing out and maybe even shedding a few tears of maybe what was lost that was super important to you. And, you know, I know listeners, some of you are in that season as well, and and you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to keep a positive attitude. You're trying to have the right mindset. You're trying to reframe your thoughts and put up boundaries or put limits around you or install new rules about how things are going to be. All of those have a place, but they don't necessarily change where you are. And what I hear you say and what I know you to be, because I've watched you walk through this, even though it's been from a distance, is 
we need each other. We we need the occasional checking in with somebody. I can't fix your problem. I couldn't fix your house, but I could send a text. I could say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I even acknowledging, simply acknowledging things are stealing your joy. Things are difficult. And right now, we could have a laundry list of what could be troubling us, what could be stealing our joy. The recent headline, the recent school issues, the recent political taglines that are happening. And it's just a plethora of things that could derail you. But there are proactive things that we can do. And, and I'm adding to what you've said, and, and that is reaching out to those that are struggling. Your day's coming. Let me just tell you, if it's not there now, it's coming. And I think as the body of Christ, you've talked so much about what our role is supposed to be. I think part of our role is to support each other yes. in the hard times. And and that's when we distance ourselves. Don't you agree? Yes. Yes. And it is so important. I love that scripture, First Thessalonians 5.11, I believe it is. It says that, you know, we're to encourage each other, encourage one another and lift each other up. And you know, just as we're doing. And so, yeah, you're right. Just a, like even a simple text or a prayer, it doesn't have to be something over the top or, you know, something that maybe do these five things and you'll be yeah, fine. Or, you know, I mean, some <laughs> people will make a meal, some people, you know, it's just, it depends on how God leads. Yeah. And like you said, it doesn't always make the circumstances go away, but you know, joy and difficult circumstances can exist simultaneously. And they can be there simultaneously, even when we, even sometimes when things aren't going good in our lives, like say we have a prodigal or say we have something happening in our life and we feel like, who am I to feel any joy right now? You know, it's almost like you feel guilty to feel any joy, but I encourage women to realize that we don't have to. We can experience joy without guilt or shame because it's supernatural. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's something that God has given us. It's a gift from him. And we can experience that as we are simultaneously going through a struggle or a difficult circumstance. And I cover different things in the study, like different things like finances, health, children, you know, family members, you know, relationships, those kind of things that are pretty common. Um, when I had those joy stealers, I took them home after that event. And I didn't know who the women were, but I just took them home really to kind of pray over each one and and just to you know, pray that they wouldn't take them back because we tend to do that. But um, I, you know, those the joy stealers that I read really impacted me in such a deep way because there were so many things in there that we never know the woman sitting next to us in an event what she's going through. You know, there were so many deep deep things like addictions and marriage issues and all kinds of health problems and all of these things that we have in our hearts. So. So just encouraging women that even if we're not happy, you know, that does not discount that we still have the joy that Jesus gave us and continues to give us. Mm. You know, that's so true. I love that you just said, we just don't know other people's story. And I did reference social media. I think social media can connect us and it can also really discourage us and make us feel like we're a failure and actually can steal our joy. So I love how you just talked about, we don't know what others are facing. You know, they may put on a strong front, they may be pushing through, but within a few questions of asking, 
you can get to the heart of what their struggle is or what their joy stealer is. So I am so delighted that you were able to carve out some minutes to be with me and and my audience and share uh, what God is teaching you, what God is calling you to, and how that's impacting lives, how it's making us be able to walk through the, you know, equipped to be, you know, you are equipped to be uh, a doer of his word and and what God's called you to, he will equip you for. And, and like we've talked about just on the show, how, you know, you were called to some hard things. I kind of don't like the word mindset. It just doesn't sit well with me, but it is true. As a man thinketh, so is he. And we are called to bear one another's burdens. And we are we are called to walk through trials of various sorts. And we are called to do it with joy. And as hard as it can be, it is possible. And so where can people find your devotional, your uh, Bible study? Where can they find that? And where can they find you? Sure. Well, I think the easiest place, Connie, and thank you so much for having me. It's just been an honor to share some uh, love with your listeners today. And they could just go to dariswift.com. They'll find the book right there. And I have quite a few resources that are for free, you know, on the front page that they can look at and help them in, um, you know, whatever it is that God might you know, want to speak to their heart for that day. And so uh, I hope that they find them helpful and encouraging. And yeah, so the book and all of my social links and everything are there. And we'll have that also, um, friends, we'll have that over in the show notes. So make sure you go to ConnieOppers.com. And that's where we'll have all the show notes and check out Dora Swift and all that she's doing. It will encourage you and, and more than encourage you, it'll give you that shot in the arm. <laughs> I hate that phrase now, but it'll give you <laughs> the encouragement and the strength and maybe even be able to see through those struggles that you're going through in a way that allows you to walk through the highs, the lows of life uh, with joy so that you can kick to the curb the joy stealers and you can embrace joy so that the light of Christ has shined through you. Doris, thank you for coming on the program. And friends, thank you for tuning in to Equip to Be, and we will see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equip to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.